What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the question and answer podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint and your walk toward eternity. You can ask me anything and everything about our Catholic faith from morality to spirituality, whether it's a question about everyday life or what we believe in as Catholics, I'm here to help you find answers. If you are a first-time listener, please be sure to follow the podcast. You can also hit me up with your own questions and comments at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. On today's show, the question that we're going to address is discerning how we can best serve our parishes. As, as a pastor, I love this question because I would love to get my people uh, who are disciples of Jesus Christ, who are disciple makers, uh, get plugged into to ministry. And so... We're going to address that question, particularly whenever you struggle with anxiety and, and you're an introvert, right? How do you get plugged into a big, busy parish? But before we get into that question, I want to share with you a glory story. All right, so my glory story this week is the Lord always provides. I, I'll say that. I, he is always providing. He is a God who provides. So the, as a pastor and vocation director, life can be really busy at times. And typically, as far as like my relationship with Jesus and like regarding prayer, in addition to like daily mass and liturgy hours, I get a holy hour in, like one hour with Jesus before the Blessed Sacrament. But this has been like a new season in my priesthood where even though it's really, really busy, um, the Lord has been inviting me to spend a lot more time with him. So the, the, the prayer has increased significantly and it has been consoling to my heart because I've always wanted this. And so like, even like the other day, I got to do three holy hours in a busy day. And, and I'm not bragging about the holy hour I'm grateful for the invitation from the Lord to draw me away for three separate hours. <laughs> it was so, so, so beautiful just to sit with him and to be with him and to abide with him and to relate my heart to him and with him and to receive his heart more. And, and then to watch how the more I increased prayer as a diocesan priest, as a busy, busy, busy priest, how the little work I did in the day, like all the meetings I did, all the meetings I had, all the people I, I was with, they all were way more fruitful. Each encounter bore exponentially way more fruit than if I would have like decreased my prayer and increased more and more and more and more and more meetings. So even though I was like busy with stuff, each of those things I did was like anointed. Oh my gosh, so anointed. The Lord just showed up in, in so many powerful ways and had so many great conversations. I got to encounter so many people and watched the Lord just come and do his thing. And yeah, it's just been beautiful. I, I've always, I've always been drawn, even as a diocesan priest, to like monasticism because of the amount of time that they get to set aside for, for, for prayer in addition to their work with the rule of life. And 
it's been beautiful being this big, huge church, a sacred heart that looks like a monastery in the middle of the city with a lot of needs, a lot of people to serve and, and how the Lord's just fulfilling all my desires, like all my desires just to, 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 to be with him more and to sit with him more and, and then to watch him in his spirit literally just anoint each encounter I have in ministry and the work that I do. It's just been beautiful. So all that to say, look, I don't know how difficult your life is right now, how busy it is, but if you could just set aside a little bit more time for Jesus, right? If you're super busy, like add extra 30 minutes and just watch how the Lord works. Watch how the Lord operates. Watch how he moves. Uh, the, the work that you do, uh, it, just, it just bears more fruit whenever we're abiding that deep, deep, deep intimacy with the Lord and relationship. So yeah, my glory story is just, yeah, prayer has been absolutely amazing. My prayer warriors, my intercessors have also been um, interceding, and we've been watching miracles. So I, I attribute the fruitfulness of the meetings I've been having with people and the counseling, the direction, the uh, the ministry, the fundraising. I attribute that not just to personal, like my relationship with Jesus, but also all of the people in my community who are intercessors and who have been praying and who have been fasting. It's just been really beautiful to, to see the fruit of our of our personal relationship with the Lord and our communal relationship with the Lord and our time that we are just devoting to Him. And yeah, it's just, it doesn't make sense. It's not very logical. The logic of Christ doesn't make sense, but my glory story is just prayer is everything, y'all. Prayer is everything. So with that, let's go ahead and jump into our first question. Uh, before we do our question, just a quick reminder, if you want to receive show notes and any updates about the podcast, be sure to subscribe to my email list by texting Ask Father Josh at 33777. All right, today's question comes in from Anonymous. Discerning how to serve parishes. Hey, Father Josh, I have been listening to your podcast for about three years, and I've really enjoyed it. It has been a blessing to me. Blessings on blessings on deck. Blessings on blessings on chat, chat, chat. I wanted to ask you for some guidance, though. I've been wanting to volunteer at my church and other organizations where I live, but I struggle with actually doing it. My heart wants to, but I'm very shy and sometimes anxious. This is what is getting in my way. I'm trying to find something that fits my personality and serves God. Needless to say, my anxiety seems to be winning. Do you have any suggestions? Thank you, and may God bless you in all that you do. Yes, Anonymous, I do have a few suggestions. Before I get to my suggestions, just a few like personal um, healthcare notes, self-care notes. The holiest people I know all have counselors, therapists. So I would encourage you if you have the means to reach out to a therapist to uh, accompany you in your anxiety, right? So um, counseling is a gift and it is amazing. And so please like take care of yourself because anxiety is like, it's, it's a real thing. So like we should not minimize it. Sometimes in the church, we over-spiritualize things and we minimize uh, our mental health. And so if you have like serious struggles with anxiety, uh, I just would encourage you to reach out to a mental health professional so that they can also accompany you um, in, your, in your health. It's really, really important. Now, with that being said, what's my advice? Uh, I have a few things that I would encourage you to do. The first thing is to pray, 
right, to increase your prayer. I know it's not like a broken record, but I just want to encourage you to continue to cultivate your relationship with Jesus Christ, to, to grow in holiness with Christ. The more time we spend with Christ, the more Christ would give us his grace to be able to imitate him in the unique ways that he wants us to imitate him as his body. Not everybody is called to be a hand. Not everybody is supposed to be a foot. Not everybody is an eye in the body. Not everybody is an ear. We're all different members of the body of Christ. And as we grow in and cultivate our relationship with Christ in the interior life through the time we spend with him in prayer, the Lord begins to, to make it a little bit more clear to us about where we are invited to abide. What is our place that he wants us to embrace in the body of Christ, right? We all have our place. So the first thing I want to encourage you to do is to, to check out your, your schedule and to prioritize spending time with Jesus. Prioritize your relationship with God every single day, not just one day a week, but every single day. So if you're praying right now for five minutes, pray for 15 minutes. If you're praying for 15 minutes right now, pray for 30. If you're praying for 30 minutes right now, I want to encourage you to pray for an hour. But to increase the time that you spend with our Lord Jesus Christ in the context of prayer. The next thing I would encourage you to do is to uh, look into the Called and Gifted program from the Siena Institute. The Called and Gifted program is a, a charism program. Charisms come from the Bible. Again, we find them in St. Paul's letters to the Romans um, and Corinthians. We find them in the, the writings of St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, and so basically charisms are gifts that we receive from God, from the Holy Spirit at our baptism. We could do nothing to, to earn them. We receive them at baptism. They're strengthening confirmation. And God gives us his power so that we can uh, be his body, to love his people well in our walk toward eternity. It's a complete gift to, uh, from God to us. And so charisms are always outward focused. They're always about other other people. It's, it's not for us. I, I'm given a charism from God to serve other people. Uh, and so it's important to find out, like, what are my supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit? Again, they're in the Bible. First Corinthians uh, mentions them. Romans mentions them. I believe even uh, either Galatians or Ephesians also mentions them, but definitely the writings of St. Thomas Aquinas. And so they're, they're in the scripture, but we typically all have a few charisms. And so uh, these are gifts that, again, are not inherited from our parents. They're supernatural. Uh, they, they help people to encounter Christ. They're life-giving for us to do. They bear fruit. People ask them of us. And um, the Called and Gifted Workshop can help you find out what they are. There's administration, celibacy, craftsmanship, discernment, encouragement, evangelization, faith, giving, help, hospitality, intercessory prayer, leadership, knowledge, missionary, music, pastoring, service, teaching, volunteer, poverty, wisdom, and writing, and many more. We don't even know how many charisms there are. There's actually more than that. But... Basically, too often people get plugged into ministry and they're doing things that they don't actually have a charism to do. They get burned out. They don't bear fruit and, it, it, and they get tired and it, 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 it fosters disunity in the parish. And, and then they, they give up on ministry and, start, and leave the church because they were doing things that they should have never done before. Right. Um, and so we should do ministries that are rooted in our our charisms. And so if we each have about three or four charisms, then once we identify those charisms, there are always a few ministries that can uh, be connected to those, those charisms. So for instance, the charisma of encouragement, it empowers Christians to, uh, to share God's love by offering comfort and their presence with their words and their, their counsel. These are people that are good listeners. They're like a good sounding board. They create a sacred space and a place for people to feel safe, to share their hearts with them, um, to pour out their hearts to, to them, and then to be encouraged. St. Francis of Sales had this gift. Um, and because he used this gift well, um, St. Jane Francis de Chantel was able to eventually uh, found an order that serves the church to this day, many years later. And so if you have a charisma of encouragement, then 
find out if your parish has a spiritual director's ministry where you can learn how to be get certified as a spiritual director or if they have a grief ministry like Stephen's ministry or if, if there are maybe RCA directors who need someone in their class, not to be the teacher, but to be there to encourage the, the students who are in RCIA. So there are a number of people who have different ministries in the church that, that charism would actually go with. Um, other people might have the, the charism of help. These are people who, uh, they're behind the scene people, but without the helpers, nothing happens, right? And so they're the ones who set up before RCIA and take down after RCIA. Uh, they support the other person. So typically the, they're always connected to a, an evangelist or a leader. A person who's a very public face typically has a person in their life who's a helper who can do all the behind the scenes stuff that that person who is the evangelist or the leader just cannot do. And if they try to do it, they get burned out and they get tired, they get exhausted, and they're, they're not their best self whenever they're trying to evangelize or give a vision for the parish. So typically the Lord wants someone who has the charisma of help to be the behind the scene person to make sure all the handouts are ready and all the slides are are made and the coffee is ready to go so that the evangelist or the leader, uh, the visionary, the pastor can, can do their thing. Different saints had helpers that were by their side the whole time helping them out to make the gospel work in the geographical boundaries of, of their land. Obviously, evangelism, we're able to draw people to become disciples of Jesus. Everybody's called to evangelize, but there are some people who have the charisma of evangelism. It, it helps out in, in an extraordinary way of, of, of people wanting more, like being being drawn to these people to to want to grow deeper in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And so uh, if you have that charism, then find out what ministries are in your parish right now. We don't need to create a new ministry, but how can you plug into what already exists into the current ministries? So first thing I want to encourage you to do is pray. Second thing is reach out to the CN Institute, called and gifted program by Cheryl Waddell. The, the third thing I would encourage you to do is find out what your temperament is. Right? There's a, a number of really good books on the temperaments and a number of really awesome YouTube videos on the temperaments. There's four temperaments, choleric, uh, melancholic, phlegmatic, and sanguine. And the, each one of the saints had different temperaments. They're, they all have really good qualities and some not so good. But we all typically have like one primary, one dominant temperament, and then like a secondary temperament. Again, if you know your charism, and if you're rooted in prayer, and if you also know your temperament, then that can also help you to know what might be best for you to, to thrive and to, to, to share your gifts with, with your parish. And then the third thing is to find out your personality. Are you an introvert or are you an extrovert? Again, we're all called to, to share the joy of the gospel. We're all called to make disciples of all nations, but it will look different for an introvert than it will for an extrovert. And so if you say you're an introvert, uh, and you're also maybe phlegmatic, and you have the charism of encouragement. Well, you're not going to want to be in front of big groups. You're not going to want to do a lot of big event things, but you might be a really good spiritual director. So it might be good to get formed in the school of spiritual direction. And, and then when you go to your pastor, you tell him, hey, listen, Father, here are my gifts. I'm an introvert who's phlegmatic, and, uh, and I have this gift of encouragement, or I have this gift of intercessory prayer. Um, do you have any needs? Here are some ministries that I know typically go with these charisms. I know for intercessory prayer, uh, people who are committed to doors of the Blessed Sacrament, people who uh, pray the rosary, people who are on the prayer line, uh, people who have the gift of encouragement oftentimes help out with spiritual direction or they assist in, in catechism class or with Bible studies or with uh, RCIA. So I, I don't want to teach, Father, but but I, I could help out, right? I, I could be an encourager. I could be someone that people can can um, can be connected with, and I can pray for them and fast for them, and 
And so you share your gifts. Then after you share your gifts, I would encourage you to ask Father. Well, Father, like, you're the pastor here. You know the needs of this parish. So what are the current needs? And where do you see my gifts meeting those needs? There's this African priest who used to say, you Americans, you always begin discernment with what's going to make me happy, what's going to make me feel good, what's going to give me the most life and, and joy. He says, in my village, in my community, we always start with what are the needs of my people? And once we identify those needs, we then examine our gifts. And where our gifts and our talents and our resources match those needs, that's where we get plugged in. So identify your gifts. Identify your talents, your natural talents. Identify your resources. Identify your charisms, your supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit that you received at baptism. And then ask Father what the needs are. And then together, maybe mutually discern, hey, Father, what do you think I can get plugged into? But go to Father and talk to Father about it. Or go if he's busy, go to the DRE or go to the parish administrator or the pastoral associate or the director of integration. Go to somebody in the parish. That way you're not discerning this in a bubble. You're not discerning this by yourself, but you bring it to the light. You're not, you're not making any commitments. But if you don't bring it to the light to somebody else to, to walk with you, to discern with you, to get you plugged in, to get you connected, then it's probably not going to happen. It's going to remain a good idea. That This is why a lot of us don't ever follow through with our Lenten penances or our New Year's resolutions, because we come up with these great ideas of things that we could do to have a better year or to grow in a relationship with Christ in a deeper way during Lent. And we don't follow through because nobody else knows, nobody else is there to hold us accountable. So I'd encourage you to reach out and maybe invite one of your close friends to to check on you and to ask you, have you have you gone and met with the pastor yet? Have you gone and met meet with the sister or the deacon or the DRE or the adult faith formation director or the uh, campus minister or, or whoever it is? Have you gone out to meet with them yet? And that way we're accountable to doing this. If you, if you do this, you can pray, discern your charisms, identify your temperament, are aware of your of your personality, and you can share them uh, with the person who needs to hear it at your parish, I think that they would be able to better identify a way for you to get plugged in. And again, taking care of your mental health, going to see a counselor and or having a spiritual director yourself is always helpful as, as well. Discernment also cannot happen if you're not invested in the sacraments. So if you've not been going to confession, then what happens is we, uh, we don't have clarity Blessed are the pure of heart, the pure of heart shall see God. And if we see God, we can hear God. But if we're not pure of heart because of our sins that we haven't confessed, we're not going to be able to see the Lord. If we can't see the Lord, we can't hear the Lord. If we can't hear him, we're not going to follow him wherever he is inviting us to go uh, to make disciples of all nations in our walk toward eternity. So Anonymous, hopefully that was helpful for, for you. With that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into our final uh, segment, which is the Saint for the Week. What if you could see that the infinite God is present in your life? What if it was as simple as stopping, opening your heart, and allowing yourself to be found? I'm Danielle Bean, an author, speaker, and host of the Girlfriends Podcast. In my new book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, I share wisdom from the saints, real life experiences, and prayer practices that help you to see, know, and grow closer to God in your everyday life, no matter how busy you are. If you've ever been inspired by stories of great saints but wondered where that leaves the rest of us, this book is for you. In it, we explore how we meet God in joy, pain, other people, prayer, and in the awesome gift of the sacraments. Join me on this journey of letting go, being still, and allowing God to meet us right here, right now, right where we are. Order your copy of Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday at ascensionpress.com. 
And we're back. Just a reminder, if you're a first-time listener, be sure to follow the podcast. You can hit me up with your own questions and comments at www.assistionpress.com slash askfatherjosh, spell it A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcasts. Formats this helps other people to find out about the show. If it's been good for you, potentially, it could be good for them as well. And if you'd like to receive our show notes and any updates about the podcast, be sure to subscribe to my email list by texting Ask Father Josh to 33777. So the saint for today is another blessed. Last week we did Blessed Carlo. This week we're doing Blessed Cyprian Michael Tanzi. Cyprian Michael Tanzi, he uh, was from Africa but died in, in Europe. He was a kid who was not Catholic. He was not born to a Catholic family, but he became Catholic as a child. And even as a child, like he was a regular child, he was a normal child, he played sports, he, he studied at school, he had friends. But even as a child, he was drawn to the Blessed Sacrament. So parents, I would encourage you, expose your children to Eucharistic adoration, right? God is calling kids to be saints. They don't have to be teenagers or young adults or elderly people to become saints. The kids at Fatima were literally little kids. Uh, Blessed Carlo was a little kid. And Blessed Cyprian Michael Tanzi, when he began to grow in his relationship with the Lord by spending time in silence before the Blessed Sacrament, for a significant amount of time, he was a child when he did this. Uh, he eventually went on to become a teacher, and at the school that he taught at, he was very disciplined, and he would play sports with the kids, and he would form the kids, but he'd also pray with the kids. Eventually after that, he discerned a call to the priesthood. So he goes to the seminary, he becomes a priest, he becomes a pastor, and unlike a lot of the pastors in this community who were not natives, he was one with his people. Like some of the people that were serving his community, they didn't invest in his community, they didn't invest in their customs, they didn't invest in their culture. They kind of had that mentality, like, you, we're here, but y'all need to serve us, y'all need to take care of us. But he was a man who embraced simplicity and poverty, and he would ride his bike everywhere, and he would fight for justice, and he would take care of the poor, and he would go door to door, house to house, anointing the sick, and hearing confessions and baptizing babies. And he would preach the gospel, and he would pray the mass so reverently, and he would spend hours as well in prayer. He was like a modern-day St. John Vianney in Africa. The fruit of his ministry, the fruit of his, his priesthood, was over 70 men from the parishes that he served that went on to become priests. Over 70 men. One of those men is Cardinal Arenze. Uh, a lot of people know Cardinal Arenze. Uh, a lot of people thought he was going to be the Pope back in the day. Uh, but yeah, so he is still alive today, and he is one of the sons, the spiritual sons of Father, Father Cyprian. Well, Father Cyprian, he continued to fall in love with God and grow in love with God, and he felt like God was inviting him to the monastic life. And so he went off to a monastery. In, in England, but particularly in a place called something, I forgot where, but he was in England somewhere in a monastery. And he prayed and he fasted and he did community work and he lived, lived a hidden lifestyle. He no longer did active ministry. He no longer preached in the public square. He no longer visited the poor in the community. He no longer went door to door evangelizing and, and taking care. He literally spent his days at a Trappist monastery, saying very few words, only, really only talking to the guests that would come for retreats to receive his hospitality, uh, and he died. It looks like he didn't accomplish much, but he accomplished so much because he died in union with, with Christ. He died as a monk, living a hidden lifestyle, and now he's a blessed. And if you go to Africa, he's like one of the people like everybody in Africa knows, everybody in Africa loves. And so he's a saint that I want to encourage us to, to get to know 
people looked at his life and some people were like, why would you become a priest, right? You're a successful teacher, successful professor, and then became a priest. Then people looked at his life as a priest and like, man, you're so successful. You bring so much fruit. Why would you ever leave? Like so many guys have become priests because, because of you. So many people have come into the church because of you. So many people's lives have been changed because of you. Why would you go off to a monastery in England, away from your community, away from your family, away from your friends, away from active ministry? What good can you do in a monastery? And he did so much good, clearly, from just being in relation with Jesus that now he's uh, going to be recognized as a saint pretty soon. Right now, he's beatified as a blessed. And so I would just encourage us to, to look at his w- wisdom, to look at his example, and to follow God wherever God calls us to go. People might not understand. Parents just don't understand. But people might not understand why we're doing what we're doing. But if we're praying and if God's telling us, then that's all that matters. Nothing else matters but doing God's will and God's way and God's time. And I walk toward eternity. And so, blessed Cyprian Michael Tanzi, we ask you and we invite you to pray for us. Until next time, I look forward to continuing our our walk toward eternity together, and I will see you in the Eucharist. Uh, Pray for me, and I will pray for you. God bless. 